The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of Into the Net FC, the soccer talk discussion segment of the Bear of Texas podcast. As usual, my name is Alex Alcazaz, a.k.a. the Bear of Texas. And ladies and gentlemen, the United States has qualified for the round of 16 of the 2022 FIFA World Cup. Before I start, first of all, I'd like to send a special shout out and a special thank you to my good friend and my mentor in beautiful and sunny Southern California, Mr. Steve Adams. Steve, thank you very, very much for the lovely gift. From Fanatics.com, the lovely LAFC t-shirt. I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. I thank you so much. God bless you. God bless Rebecca. God bless your family. And I cannot wait to have you on the, on the show again soon. Well, honestly, I'd imagine, speaking of my good friend and my mentor, Mr. Steve Adams, I'd imagine that coming to this game, he was just as nervous and uh, stressed about this game as I was. I'm sure I can say the exact same thing with about my good friend, the fiercely opinionated Mr. Josh McSwain. <laughs> and imagine that a lot of us here in America who are strongly keeping an eye out on this U.S. men's national team, we certainly knew that had the United States not been able to get the job done, it cer- certainly would have been painful. And now that we know who the United States is playing in the round of 16, so far, everybody that I've spoken to feels like the U.S. has no chance. Now, the United States is playing the Netherlands in the first round. Obviously, the the Netherlands are the overwhelming heavy favorites to win this match. In most cases, honestly, in all cases, rather, the odds are not in the favor of the United States. Everything favors the, the Netherlands, which I understand, because the Netherlands basically outshine the United States in all positions. I get it. Now, the United States, if, if I'm correct, they're the third youngest uh, squad here in the, in the tournament. I'd imagine going, going in the, against, uh, you know, as the tournament began, uh, going to the knockout stage, I'm not entirely sure. While the Netherlands, on paper, obviously, is, is very likely to destroy, destroy the United States, I really want to believe that the United States certainly is going to have somewhat of a chance, at least a fighting chance. Now... It is very, very difficult to be convinced of that because, honestly, the manager, Greg Berhalter, is not honestly doing the best job. The fact that Giovanni Reyna again was benched against Iran and the fact that he never, ever even came into the game, that right there is frustrating enough. All right? So, honestly, I'm sure that a lot of people out there think that I'm absolutely crazy that the think that despite the fact that, on paper, the United States has no chance... 
I believe in my heart that there is a fighting chance for Team USA. Look, I'm not just saying that because, of course, I'm French-American. Of course, I'm going to root for the United States. Of course, I want to say the United States is going to win. Look, the United States went up against England, okay, and managed to keep a scoreless draw. And the United States had their chances to score, but ultimately didn't. That, said that, that says that the United States is willing to put up a fight. If they can put up a fight against England and actually do somewhat, somewhat, how, do, uh, actually do decently well, then let's see what they can do against the, the Netherlands. Now, is it going to be easy against the Netherlands? Absolutely not. Should the Netherlands actually be a bit concerned about going against the United States? You damn right they should be, okay? The Netherlands has to understand that while the United States is not on their level as far as talent goes, etc., okay? As far as experience goes, let me remind you that four years ago in Russia, the Netherlands was not there, okay? The Netherlands was not there. So the Netherlands, as far as World Cup experience goes right now with this current squad, okay, experience is also a disadvantage for the Netherlands as well. But this game against Iran, I want to take a, some time to talk about that before I go deep into the knockout stage, even though I'm pretty sure I already did. You know, honestly, how did, the, how did the U.S. win this game? My answer, honestly, ladies and gentlemen, is absolutely simple. They survived it. Yes, the United States survived this game against Iran. Now, funny thing, I put a pro wrestling twist into how this game is depicted. The United States versus Iran. In the matters of old-school 1980s professional wrestling, I depicted this game Hulk Hogan versus the Iron Sheik. <laughs> Want well, to add a little bit of humor to it, you know, to keep the stress away. But I said to myself, it's not going to be easy, but I know the United States can get it done, and they got it done. But once again, how they got it done, they survived. Because Iran launched a wrath of just effort after effort after effort to do everything they could to halt any momentum that the United States had in this game. Iran threw everything, and I do mean everything they had to the United States, but somehow, someway, the United States was able to take everything Iran threw at them. Now, granted, the United States threw everything they had to Iran, and Iran was able to take it so much, but unfortunately, Iran gave up that one goal and could not respond. Now... From the beginning, it was clearly obvious. You know, my good friend Josh McSwain, the fiercely opinion Mr. Josh McSwain, shout out to him for his friendship and his loyalty and his uh, unique uh, intelligence and knowledge for this brilliant game. He basically, basically made it. He basically said that it's quite clear that Iran is playing for the tie, which definitely was the case because it was pretty obvious, honestly. But I said, yeah, because Iran. But at the same time, Iran needed a tie, but at the same time, they needed Wales to lose, and Wales easily lost to England. Shout out to Marcus Rashford for scoring a brace. Anyway, now of course, I should mention that one of the interesting things is that Gareth Bale got subbed out of the game early on, and now that uh, Wales is, is, out, is out of the tournament, finishing bottom of the group, I'd imagine that Gareth Bale, that this, is not a good, uh, this is not good for him, honestly. Anyway, so Iran, honestly, just basically... Iron Rock solid defending. I mean, that defense was not only solid, but I'm telling you, it was courageous. It was just literally telling the U.S. attack, bring it on. Throw whatever you have at us. We're going to take it. Nothing you have is going to scare us. I mean, I'm telling you, to say that Iran challenged the United States would be one hell of an understatement. 
okay? Now, maybe I'm giving Iran too much credit, but at the end of the day, maybe you can argue whether I'm praising them too much, but at the end of the day, there's no arguing when it comes to the fact that Iran does deserve massive praise and a massive credit for putting up that challenge. In no way, shape, or form were they just going to sit down and lay for the United States. They told the U.S., if you want it, you come get it, all right? You want to, you, if you think you could beat us, then the only way to prove it is on the pitch, and that's what the United States did. But again, the United States had to survive. When Christian Pulisic scored that magnificent goal with the assist from Serginio Dest, man, what a hefty price that, that cost the United States because Christian Pulisic went down, briefly got back into the game, but he was subbed out of the game at halftime. And from what I understand, it was reported that he was taken to the hospital after this game. It's a damn shame, too, because right now we don't even know if he's going to be able to go against the, the Netherlands. Right now, from the looks of it, the way I feel, it looks like he will not be present for that game. Okay? I mean, not only that, I mean, Josh Sargent, I think, too, you know, took an injury as well, but he turned, I think he turned, turned out to be fine. But, you know, Josh Sargent, you know, that trip where he kind of injured his foot, you know, early in the game when he took a knee to the back and the referee did not even do anything about it. <laughs> You know, I didn't even mention the bad refereeing in my article. I'm not going to mention it too much in this one because it's too frustrating to even deal with it. But the fact is the U.S. won, but still at what cost? Because Christian Pulisic suffered that injury and then had to be pulled out of the game during the half. Man, he literally put his body on the line. I mean, we saw that collision with the Iranian goalkeeper. You know, and, and, and the sad part is the Iranian goalkeeper got up as if it was nothing while Christian Pulisic was the one that was hurt. Now, again, I don't want, it's not like I wanted the Iranian goalkeeper to be hurt. It's just the fact that our guy, you know, our golden goose, our hero, our Captain America himself, you know, gets injured and is pulled out of the game. And there's a 50-50 there's a chance that he doesn't make it in the game against the Netherlands on Sunday. I mean, that's basically cutting off our right hand. I mean, it, but yet here I still am thinking that maybe the U.S. can still challenge the Netherlands, but we'll have to wait and see how, that, how it goes. Anyway... So going back uh, to basically me giving Iran all, all, all sorts of massive praise, I mean, Iran was basically knowing that, you know, the fact that they actually, they did something that the U.S. couldn't do. I mean, they beat Wales. I mean, with the way they beat Wales, <laughs> that's why, honestly, there was no way, shape, or form that we can rule, out, rule Iran out of this game. Honestly, I didn't, I didn't exactly tell this to Josh, nor did I tell Steve, but I'm going to go and say it right now since I know that they'll both be listening. You know, we... You know, Josh and, and Steve were basically very, very vocal about Iran before the World Cup, saying that Iran is, you know, the fact that everybody overlooks them, they don't get any credit of any kind. You know, honestly, I felt, I, I, agreed, I agreed with them so, so well that I said, you know, Iran is basically massively criminally underrated. Okay, now the 6-2 loss against England, would, that's what people said, uh, are you sure about that, Alex? Because right now it looks as though Iran is no good at all. I said, okay, well, it's one game. Let's see how they do against Wales. And the way they beat Wales, especially scoring those two goals in stoppage time, that kind of brings back, you know, the, what, what Josh and Steve had said about Iran not getting the credit that they deserve. So, so that's why I felt that anything could have happened in, in this game. And I think for Iran, you know, they did have one shot on goal. And, and I'm pretty sure goal.com is going to say that they had one big chance missed. And same thing with the U.S. But honestly, I can honestly state that both teams had more than one big chance missed. Right here it says they both had one. Honestly, for the U.S., I would say at least, I would, I would say three. For Iran, I would probably almost say the same. Now, Iran had that one shot on goal, and, and they couldn't get it, okay? Now, 
I'm telling you, some that that's that period between the 80th minute and the final whistle, you know, the nine minutes of stoppage time, man. Well, that that was certainly wasn't a good feeling. I mean, at one point, you know, Iran screamed for a handball, but the, the ref, the, I think it was briefly reviewed, but it was declared no handball. And then, you know, around the closing minutes, when Iran had had a final chance, when a, an Iranian player went down, now there was a bit of contact, but I really, but from the looks of it, he definitely was not fouled. But regardless, Iran, the Iranian Iranian players, were screaming for a for a penalty, but you know the referee did not award it. So, I mean, so so that's why I kind of feel like you know, Iran got away with with a lot of things. The you know what, if the U if if everybody wants to say the U S got away with a lot, you know what, may fine they did, but you know what, Iran got away with a lot as well. I mean, again. That knee to the back of Josh Sargent, that particular sliding tackle that you know, Josh Sargent, you know, kind of flew up in the air, you know, a lot of things. So Iran got away, with, got away with a lot as well. It's not like the United States is the only guilty party that got away with some particularly nasty fouls. Iran did too. This game was physical. This game was hard fought between both teams, and sometimes, I guess, both teams kind of went into into desperate uh, desperation mode. That sometimes the tackles were a little bit too much, but you know, sometimes you do what you got to do to stop uh, a potential. Uh, opposition attack so that being said the United States and Iran were kind of playing you know in a way that you know that had to be done I mean it, when I say that the United States survived this game I mean I kind of felt like whoever wins this game is not going to be deemed so much as a well they're going to be deemed as a winner but more than a winner I mean they're going to be depicted as a survivor because this game was going to be hard fought it was going to it was basically this could have been turned out to be like the most important win one of the most important wins in the respective national team's history I mean, for the United States, this is definitely a huge, important win. And for Iran, this would have been a huge, important win as well. For Iran, this could have arguably been the most, Im- the most important win in the national team's history, considering that had Iran won, they would have qualified for the knockout stage for the first time in their history. So they were close four years ago, as Mr. Joshua Swain kindly reminded us in our World Cup preview. But, you know, Iran, honestly, Iran's always kind of been a team with, with a, a good and respectable amount of talent. Definitely a team that, you know, they thrive on the fact that they are overlooked. They basically kind of, Iran's basically like, okay, if nobody wants to talk about how good we really are, if nobody really is aware of how good we are, then we're going to prove it the only way we can. We're going to do it on the pitch, and that's what Iran did. I mean, again, for Iran, this this is not a loss. This is a losing effort. Let me say this again. For Iran, this is a losing effort. And I say this with such conviction. A losing effort. And the key word right there, an effort, you cannot deny it. Iran did everything they could to the best of their ability. Unfortunately, their be- the best of their ability was not enough. Okay? So you can't say Iran quit or didn't even try. They tried their hardest. They played their best. Unfortunately, it was not enough for them to get the job done. So again, so really there's no point of me being told I'm giving Iran an unfair amount of credit or the fact that Iran deserves no credit, that's ridiculous. Iran deserves respect, okay? You know, honestly, I, I, was, a, I was pretty uh, upset. You know, Tim Weah supposedly had a second goal, but the ref, that, that was apparently taken away from an offside. But when I saw it, when it was between those players, I'm like, no, that was not offside. I mean, we could argue it all we want, you know. I briefly kind of debated it with Josh. You know, at first it did look offside, but then when they kind of show the picture and kind of show that slow replay, it kind of suggests otherwise. But you know, at this point, <coughs> excuse me. <coughs> at this point, it doesn't really matter because the United States won. But still, 
you know, could have been a 2 nothing lead and the pressure would have been definitely regressed a little bit, but, but no. Now, for the U.S., the same problem, you know. Now, I mentioned earlier that Greg Berhalter, you know, the managing has been a huge problem in this tournament because, you know, Giovanni Reyna, you know, not starting any of the games and him not coming off the bench until the 80th minute against England and in this game not coming in the game at all. You know, another one I feel like, you know, Jesus Ferrara, who plays for FC Dallas. Now, I might be a little bit biased here because I am an FC, I am, I am a supporter of both FC Dallas and LAFC. So when Kellen Acosta came in, and by the way, a happy birthday to Kellen Acosta, 20 years old and playing in a very, very crucial game for the United States. I mean, what a gift right there. And the United States won and he was part of it. You know, honestly, I want to see Jesus Ferrara get some playing time. And I'd imagine that, you know, if he does against the Netherlands and he makes a difference, then what a moment that would be. But, you know, but, but aside from the aside from man, from management decisions from Greg Berhalter, you know, a lot of times the fact that the, the United States had so many scoring opportunities, you know, against England, against Wales, against Iran and didn't take it, didn't cash them in. That's the problem right there. I mean, that's the problem that's probably going to affect them going in, going into the game against the Netherlands. The inability, the inability to score. I mean, again, five shots on target, and you only converted once. And and even though, <coughs> excuse me, that goal.com shows one big chance missed. I honestly beg to differ because I really would say that it was at least three big chances missed. So, so the United States. I mean, they're creating chances, but if they can't cash in on most of them, then that's a problem. Now, are they going to cash in on every single one of them? No. But should they cash in on, on, on more of them than really just having having a bad, you know, track record? Absolutely. But, you know, you know, they won the game and they were resilient. So at the end of the day, you know, the United States was able to improvise and survive. So I guess that's where we leave it as far as the game against Iran goes. So one more time, for Iran, this was a losing effort. And for the United States, a hard-fought win. And they were survivors in this one. So, uh, final thoughts on the game against the Netherlands. Um, honestly, like I said, on paper, it looks as though the United States does not have a chance. You know, I'm not sure that anybody from the boys of Stoppage Time FC, uh, the, I'm really curious, you know, I, I did talk to uh, Mr. Rod Angeles, and, uh, you know, honestly, I, I know that what he said, honestly, it, it hurt him, but, you know, it's he did say, you know, it's, it's the World Cup, anything can happen, but... He did basically kind of basically give me a little bit of give me a little bit of a um, a reminder of just how everything has the, the, the Netherlands have, but you know I said well you know what never say never you know what I, I'm sure the United States even if they do lose they might as well go down swinging and, that, and and honestly that's what matters so you know looking at the knockout stage right there only two games in the knockout stage are, are officially set so you have the, the Netherlands versus the United States and then you have England versus Senegal so. Yeah, right now, had, had, had the United States miraculously won the group, I think the United States would probably be playing Senegal. But, you know, either way, the United States would be, would be set for a major challenge either way. You know, Senegal is in the knockout stage. You know, this is their third World Cup. And, you know, four years ago, because of, uh, fair, because of the, you know, the, uh, the fair play points, they were unable to qualify for the knockout stage. So four years later, they're able to do it. So, I mean, could you, I mean for Senegal to somehow pull off the impossible against England, Wow. That would be one hell of a story if that happens. Yeah, I will definitely be on here to talk about it. <coughs> anyway, so going back to the game against the the Netherlands. Um, now the the Netherlands did win their group, and which is no surprise because I felt that they would. But honestly, you know, here we are looking that you know that Tim Weah said that nobody believed in the in the U.S. before we beat Iran. I mean. 
I did. I did. I, I know that Steve did. Josh did. Now, we did say that, that at the end of the day, we did say that Iran was tough and Iran should not be overlooked, but... But yeah, a lot, a, a lot, of, a lot of people were against the United States. So yeah, Tim Weah is definitely not exaggerating. But you know, I can honestly say, as God is my witness, I believed in the United States, but I was a little bit critical of some of the managerial decisions and the fact that the United States was kind of missing on too many goal-scoring opportunities. But hey, I believed in the United States, so. So again, you know, an hour ago, that's you know that that source that I mentioned on Goal.com that said that how Christian Pulsic was taken to the hospital. Right, right now, uh, so I, I did talk about that. Now, it basically said that he sustained a core injury. Uh, I wasn't sure exactly what the injury was, but I just knew that it was bad. Uh, I mean, you know, how everybody said it, everybody was saying on Twitter, you know, that the truth was, you know, Christian Pulisic put his body on the line, and there's, that, there's absolutely no doubt about it, so. But, you know, right now it says that if Pulisic is unable to go, Brendan Aronson or Giovanni Reyna are, are very likely to take his place. I think, honestly, if I were to decide, I would say, you know what? Might as well go with Giovanni Reyna, because if he's fresh, everything to go. I mean, we all know that uh, Giovanni Reyna has been dealing with injuries, but, you know, might as well throw everything we can to the Netherlands and, you know, hope for the best, so. But right now, honestly, uh, again, you know, the, odds are, there's no, the odds are certainly not in the favor of Team USA, you know. Going to, to the groups, you know, Group A, uh, the Netherlands, you know, won with you know, two wins and a draw with seven points with a plus-four goal differential. The Netherlands scored five, five times and conceded only once. You know, they started off with a 2 nothing win over, the, over Senegal before drawing against Ecuador and then beating, then beating Qatar 2-0. to zero, so. so the results really kind of say so. so one thing. Now, Ecuador, you know, it's, it's, it's definitely unfortunate, you know, for Ecuador you know, putting up a one hell of a fight and, you know, drawing against the Netherlands and, you know, like that. You know, it kind of seemed like the game between Ecuador and Senegal, obviously that, that was kind of the, the, the way the game was depicted. I'd imagine the winner of that match qualifies for the knockout stage, you know, especially with the Netherlands having already secured Group A. So, so sometimes seeing these final games like that, you know, be the decider, the winner of that match, you know, goes to the knockout stage while the loser goes home. I mean, sometimes, you know, for entertainment purposes, it's definitely something huge, but... But, you know, honestly, you know, much like you giving the credit to Iran, I give I give massive cre uh, credit to Ecuador for putting up one hell of a fight. You know, they, they started with a 2 nothing win over Qatar. But, you know, drawing against the, ne the Netherlands, you know, definitely kind of kept them intact. But when it came down to it, man, you know, when Senegal took that, pe took that lead off of a penalty in the 44th minute and then when Ecuador equalized, you know, I felt that Ecuador was going to have somehow, someway pull it off. Only for Senegal to score, for, only for Koulibaly to score three minutes later after after Ecuador equalized. You know, again, you know, Ecuador fought, you know, did everything they could to the best of their ability. Much like Iran, Ecuador, the best of their ability, the best they had, everything, it just was not enough. So I'm going to say it like this. Much like Iran, Ecuador has nothing to be ashamed of. They tried their best. They didn't quit. They just unfortunately, they, unfortunately their hard work was not enough. So... Ecuador deserves a, a, a massive amount of praise, much like Iran, and you know, good luck and good luck to them. You know, good luck to them in the qualify qualification phase for the next World Cup. So, anyway, so final thoughts against the, the Netherlands versus uh, the United States. Right now, I don't care what, what anybody says. I might get trolled for this. As a matter of fact, I already did. But I think the United States. You know, even if they even if they lose, if they go down swinging, then you know, then so be it. But right now, I'm not just going to sit out there and say the Netherlands are going to easily destroy them. 
I want to place some faith. And really, honestly, I believe that the United States can certainly does certainly have a fighting chance. But as far as them finding a way to, to pull off the impossible, that is up to the U.S. And anything could happen. And I think the United States is actually, I have a feeling they are going to put up a fight. And the, the Netherlands are going to be in for a fight of their life. Ladies and gentlemen, Into the Net FC is available on all streaming platforms, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. Thank you all very, very much for joining me today, and I will see you all next time. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.